0: Did they sign Tom Brady and nobody told me? <laughs> Did they? S- what happened?
1: By the way, that ball was caught. Just, yeah. just pointing That's it great. out there. Greetings and salutations all you Washington football fans. We've got quite the show for you here on Ref the District episode number 18. I'm Nathan. We've got the stoner and you'll see a couple new faces down here joining us for this podcast. You might not have, you know, actually you might not recognize them because this, uh, you know, they, they, they typically are on the audio side of the house. But we're happy to have with us the Washington football team, the WFT Declassified podcast with us today. Thank you for joining us, gentlemen. Today's show, we're going to be going over, you know, as we always do with the warm-up. We're going to be talking about uh, all of our D.C. sports teams. And when we get to the game, we're going to be talking with Declassified on uh, on our 53-man roster and some of the things that we've talked about previously, like Truss and Rivera and whatnot. So you're going to want to stick around for that post-game our man Stoner says that he's got a big old rant for our uh, our our Capitals, so our Washington Capitals. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he has for us when it comes to comes to that. Let's get into our sports here with our warm up. We've had so uh, well, I think there are games that are going on. It's it's a little hard to tell the way that they've ended up, but the Wizards, our Washington Wizards here, not exactly having the best of showing. I think there was a lot of excitement. Going into this, you know, there's fans who are chanting, chanting we want Philly. The, I think our, the Wizards players, they, they, you know, even Westbrook was like, they are the number one seed for a reason. And they're showing it. And we're showing why that uh, the lottery probably was a better spot for the Washington Wizards. But 3-0, we'll see if they can muster up and win one or if they, are they going to get swept. Do we have an idea? Do we think they're going to get swept? Do we have, is there anyone on this? This podcast that still has hope for the Washington Wizards.
2: I have that, hope, but.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, hope. That's about it. That's about all you can have right now is hope because they have been thoroughly outclassed in these three games. They they haven't even, they were in the first game for a little while, but the last couple games, they haven't even been in them almost from the start.
3: Just, well, yeah. Philly uh, is just way better. Philly uh, beat them swept them regular season series. And I think Washington actually might have been better off with the seven seed against Brooklyn because they per- did pretty well against Brooklyn Yeah, uh, in the season series. They might have been able to get a game against Brooklyn, but Philly's just, they can't, they have no answer for Embiid. They haven't all year. Nothing's going to change. I mean, they yeah. may steal a game, maybe, but I doubt it.
0: Yeah, and and Westbrook is hurt now. You could see, even though he had a triple-double yesterday, you can see he's not 100% right now with his ankle. He's not exploding to the basket like he did for that last month and a half of the season, so no, I don't give them. Uh, I don't give them any chance. They'll probably get swept out, and we'll be into the summer doldrums following a uh, last place Nats team. That's going to be really exciting. When does uh, yeah. when does training camp start? That's all I want to know. <laughs> not not soon enough.
1: The Nationals have had some rain delays, and that, that's put some back to backs, seven inning games. I still don't, I don't like it. I don't think it's great. Like this is the this to me is just the worst thing that can happen in baseball right now is like like just keep it, keep the 9 innings find a way to make it quicker the nationals not have good like you mentioned their last last place the mystics have gone 1 and 1 against the fever and then lose to the sun uh dc united lost to philadelphia but big bounce back for them okay 3 0 against miami just last night so at least somebody, somebody in the in the dc sports network was having a good time uh, we do have the Washington Spirit who are doing pretty well. Uh, they they won against the Houston Dash. They play tonight at 7 p.m. against the OLL Reign in case you're interested in the the, woman, the the women's soccer. So we like to talk about our D.C. sports teams. We, we So at least here in the warm-up, most of our, our games are going to be centered around our Washington football team. But the warm-up, we like to talk about what's going on with the D.C. sports uh, area. So, we think we're going to get swept the wizards are going to get swept against the 76ers doesn't sound like stoner has any hope for our nationals do we have any hope with the with the declassified the guys they're only what four and a half games back right now
3: the national League national league east isn't very good and it's probably going to be tight all year so they could be in last place in three games out of first you know in august so you never know uh and we always have 2019
0: yeah, that's hey, right. That's it.
3: I'm I'm an Orioles fan, so I don't care what happens to the Nationals. Oh. Go O's. <laughs> oh.
0: It,
1: then I would Can like turn to this direct camera you off? toward the 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 recent three game sweep that happened mm. against those uh, O's. I'll say this. That field is uh is good. Like the Orioles baseball field is Camden Yards. One of the best. Probably one of the better yes. baseball parks in uh in uh in the MLB. So. How would you go? Well,
3: how have you gone through life as a Washington and Orioles fan? That's what I want to know. That <laughs> yeah. is just the worst combination. I'm a loyal individual. You know, I it just speaks to my integrity
2: it. as a human being. I don't jump ship. That's how so I you know I were I an
3: Orioles fan
0: before the Nationals got here. Oh, and then yeah. the Nationals get here and you you're like, no, I'm loyal to the yeah. Orioles. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Man, uh, I remember the Orioles coming on T V back like when we first got cable. I don't know if you guys remember it was a home team sports channel. It was H T S yeah, Back in the day, they used to show the Orioles games with like Cal Ripken, Brady Anderson, Mike Devereaux, guys like that. And as a kid, I played baseball growing up. So I was like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. This team is so good, even though they never won. And it was just like it kind of stuck with me. And then the Nats came around, and I went to a couple of Nats games at RFK. And I was like, oh, this doesn't do it for me. I, I love Camden Yards. I like the Orioles, the you know, the the black and the orange and the whole thing. It's just it's me, man.
1: <laughs> i can appreciate not not jumping ship uh, so that's actually something that you know i've been struggling with here as a back i'm in this area i'm a transplant um uh my my basketball team happens, happens to be the oklahoma City thunder but now the wizards have westbrook and i've been watching them a lot here to t- be able to talk about them you know somewhat intelligently you know hashtag just a fan uh, here are, is our thing on uh on ref the district and i'm kind of finding myself more in tune with the wizards but i'm like i can't i can't just leave my thunder that's that's my team so yes um, you yeah. can
0: <laughs> yes you can you absolutely can do that you can say it's loyalty but but your loyalty should be to the area not necessarily the team that's that's what i'm saying if i told you my past where my loyalties lie with some of my teams you might be appalled that's probably a a podcast for another day, but no, no, You, this is this is your area. This is your town. You go for the whole town.
3: Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, a loyalty to the Wizards and to the Thunder can coexist because you know outside of twice a year, you, there's zero chance either of those teams is ever going to meet in the postseason. Um, so I think you can you can safely live in both, both worlds. Wow. It's not you know it's not Fair like enough. being a you know Steelers and Ravens or you know Washington Dallas. You know, those are those are my two teams. You can never have that, but I mean, you've got two teams in different conferences that are never going to sniff the finals. So, um, hard truth. hashtag Hard truth. Uh, Yeah, I think you can. I think you can coexist peacefully uh, with allegiance to both teams in that respect.
0: You're not helping, Eric. We're trying trying to convert him. (laughs) No, I'm not. I mean, you're giving him an out.
3: As far as NBA goes, so I grew up as a Hawks fan, actually, and the reason I was in Atlanta, and I've lived in Virginia my whole life, but the reason I liked the Hawks was because when I was a little kid and I first started uh, watching basketball, initially, of course, it was the Lakers because, you know, it was like 86, 87, it was, you know, Lakers, Celtics, you had to pick one, um, but kid, and in school, you could never watch a Lakers game on TV except, like, maybe a Sunday afternoon on NBC, but... We had, you know, uh, whatever local cable channel it was at the time had the, the bullets at the time, but they were complete garbage. They were just terrible. Uh, and then you had Superstation TBS, which had every Hawks game East Coast primetime and you had Dominique Wilkins to watch. So I'm like, well, I'm going to watch this guy. I don't want to watch Jeff Malone. I want to watch, you know, Dominique Wilkins. So I grew up as a Hawks fan. And then, uh, you know, gradually. You know every game became national you could watch pretty much every game you want so i kind of fell off from the hawks and i kind of stopped watching basketball for a while anyway so i've kind of adopted the wizards in the past few years past like 10 years or so uh, once they got rid of those awful blue uniforms with the teal oh. and gold just the worst they should yeah you know, <laughs> but once that went away i was like all right we'll, we'll go ahead and be a wizards fan i could do that again as, got- as a thunder
1: oh, fan there's some pretty bad uniforms out there in, in oklahoma city so yeah i i'm very similar uh you know i grew up mostly in the 90s uh and so kind of you know mj the bulls loved them um but when i came into my own as an adult you know, I, I didn't really have a, have a team. Ended up uh, stationed out in Oklahoma, which is where I was born, anyways. And uh, when the Thunder moved there, uh, so you know they started three three and twenty nine the one season. Ended up winning twenty, 20 uh, went twenty and thirty the rest of the season. And I was just like, these guys are going to be something special. And they really were. Um, but no. uh, Green was actually my favorite of the trio. So Durant, you know, if you guys remember, mm-hmm. it was Durant, Green, and Westbrook. And I was just like, Green's my you man. You guys had Harden I mean, for a while, too, didn't you? away. Yeah, Harden, Harden, that's a sore yeah. subject. Uh, thanks for bringing it no problem. up. No
0: <laughs> how problem. How do you not <laughs> no. win with Harden, Westbrook, Durant, Jeff, Serge Ibaka, Jeff Green? How do you not win with that?
3: LeBron James. Two, two words. Scotty <laughs> Scott Brooks. Scotty <laughs> Brooks.
1: Scotty the Scotty evidence is right here there. now.
3: Yeah, we know. We get it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Westbrook's made it a little bit easier, and I think that's probably one of the bigger, bigger things is 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 that making that transition to liking the the Wizards instead of just watching them has been uh, Westbrook. So definitely uh, one of my favorite players to watch, uh, and uh, looking forward to this upcoming season if he if he sticks around and doesn't get traded. I need to I need to uh, to going into I need the to
2: games. say something about Westbrook that I think people haven't come to realize yet. Uh-oh. No matter what happens in this series, Westbrook was still the right move in terms of trading John Wall. John Wall's done Absolutely. nothing in Houston. He hasn't won there. People got to let it go, man. Like, he wasn't going to win here. I know he carried us into the playoffs a couple years, but where'd that go? Where'd it go? Yeah. You were stuck with a player who had a $200-and-something million, $50 dollar, million deal or something like that that just it wasn't working. It had never worked. I'm glad he brought us back to relevancy. But it was time to move on. And Westbrook, here's the other thing that people don't don't take into consideration with Westbrook: Westbrook has a lot more friends around the league than John Wall does. So when it comes to free agency, you have a much better chance of getting a better top-tier free agent with Westbrook than you did with John Wall, including playoff P. Uh, you know, and maybe you don't want that guy because he's not really killing it uh, PG down in, uh, in in LAC, but. But it would be an upgrade over uh, – who's our
3: three right now? I mean, Rui. Well, you got Rui or uh, – No, Rui plays or four. Or Rui's a four, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it, it would be, uh, it Bert- would be Denny. Denny. Bertans, Matthews, be Neto. Yeah, they start six guards at a time. Somehow yeah. they manage to wedge every guard on the team into the court at the same time. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're not any yeah. good.
1: That's the most frustrating part. It's like, you know, as bad as Scott Scott Brooks has been as a coach, like the, when you look at the, the team that's around Beal and Westbrook – they're just not good. You know, I have hopes that Rui can turn around. uh, But then he has games like, like last night where it's just like, he's just a, just another player. Like he reminds me a little bit, I think of Serge Ibaka in the sense that Serge was always one of these players that was like almost there. You know, Jeff green was, was a step below that where it was just like an occasional player that you can count on. And I think, I think Rui's more of that person. That's going to be like, Occasionally,
3: wizards. You you think
2: Otto Porter? That's exactly what he is. I mean, Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka has a role, and that's defense, right? Like, so at least if nothing else, you know you're going to get defense and block shots with Serge Ibaka. What are you going to count on with Rui? It doesn't exist, and that's the problem. Eric and I talk about this on our podcast too. Like positionless players, he's kind of one of those. Like, what are you going to fall back on with Rui that you say he shows up to the arena? I'm going to get this every single night. There's no such thing. Same thing with Otto Porter, like Eric just mentioned, and the small Ford. Uh, what was the guy's name? Kelly Ubre. Like we keep oh, drafting yeah, right. the yeah, same Oubre. dude over and over, <laughs> yeah. and over and over again, hoping it's going to work. It's going to work sometime, and, Ellie. Oh, it's it's got to work, right? But then we got Denny Avdia this year. Same, w- same. What did he do? That's yeah. this is what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what this philosophy is of drafting players without a specialty. And just hoping it works out. You're not going to draft Luca two years in a, or two, three years, whatever it is, right? Luca d- comes around once every generation, right? Um, they're trying to hit that, you know, it, draft after draft, and they keep failing because no duh, right? Like, find a guy like a Nerlens Noel who blocks shots and plays defense that you oh, yeah. know what he does like every day when he shows up. And if you get offense, it's a bonus. Our front court is miserable right now. Right. And and we got Rui, who is good at a lot of things, great at known, like jack of all trade players. They don't
3: work in the NBA. Right. Unless they're like, the his bro- starters.
2: Not you know? his. Thank you. They're not off the starters. bench. That's a you role get him player. As a six man, a role you get him player.
3: off the bench. His thing is, I li- and I liked him coming out of college. I was actually happy when they when they drafted Rui. He's just he doesn't he's he's do- he's not assertive and he doesn't yes. impose his will. Like he just passes up way too many shots. Uh, Sometimes you know he's not willing to create his own shot, and then sometimes he just goes and dunks on three people. It's it's just frustrating to watch because like when he decides to be a good player, he can be that guy. He just doesn't have that mentality. It doesn't appear that he's just he wants to be that third that third cog in the you know in the in the big three.
0: Can he develop though? No, because he's only played. What about he's 100 barely games? played eighty-two?
1: Yeah, he's he's he he just hit eighty-two games this yeah. season. Like later later yeah. this yeah. season. There's no,
3: there's now, no hope. and
1: and my big thing is like one of the things they talked about him two months ago was he could guard one through five, and I just haven't seen that pretty much I mean, since they
3: started talking. Want to be it, you know, I can guard one through five. It's just a question of how well I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> but look, you can put me out there. I'll guard anybody. It doesn't you know it might not work out well. We let I don't know because as far as development with Rui. It's hard to say because the mentality, if the mentality is there, if he's aggressive and just not, you know, making shots or not not being not a good player yet, but he's aggressive. then yeah, I would say you could develop that, but he's got all the skill, but the mentality doesn't seem to be there. So I don't know if that's something you can develop, especially at, you know, at the NBA level. And he's an older young player. I mean, he's in his 20s already. He's not like, you know, he was a four year uh, player at Gonzaga. So um, I, I don't know if he you know, how much. He's going to develop as a player. I think he may just be what he is. And I still think he can be a, a quality NBA player. It's just hes you got to find the role, and it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be starter. You said it, Eric.
2: He, when he decides to be good, if you have to decide to be good, you're not good, and you're not going to be good in the NBA. The players that are the greatest are the ones that don't need to make that decision when they get out of bed because it's already made for him. I'm going to be great today. Mm. He's not that. He's 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 passive. Troy Brown. We forgot about that dude. Another,
3: Another one. Of Ronald, those yeah, guys. he was the direct descendant of Otto Porter. Yeah. He was the next. <laughs> yes, right. yes.
2: It's in the Bible. It's like Nebuchadnezzar beget this person. Auto yeah. Porter beget Troy Brown. Yeah. Troy Brown beget Rui Hachamore. It just it's a never ending cycle. Stop drafting threes. Start looking at big man. I was really surprised that
1: uh, that people
2: were were sad when Troy Brown
1: left. Oh, like, that was that was like <laughs> one, yeah, one of the right those guys, Who, right? Because it's just like yeah, I'm seeing these tweets. I'm like, oh, we shouldn't have given up on him. He just never had the chance. It was just like, have you not watched the games? Like, have you not seen like him actually in the games? Like, yeah, it's a it's a mess for 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 Washington. It'll be interesting to see how they develop. I'm hoping that the, a new coach can maybe instill some of that a little less of the ISO play a little bit more ball movement. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see, you know, it's, it'll be a long off season for them. We're currently in the off season for a Washington football team. We're going to be talking about them here in the game with declassified here on Ref the district coming up. Game on here with WFT Declassified Podcast on Ref the District. Guys, you you obviously got your your podcast is centered around the Washington football team, and I'm going to encourage our, our subscribers, the people who come out here for Ref the District, to go hit up you guys. Uh, I know you're on Spotify, you're on Amazon, you're on Apple. Uh, check them out even on Twitter. Uh, you can find them. We interact with them all the time at Ref the District and at uh, – Ellie, can you hit us up with that Twitter handle? Real quick?
2: Absolutely, it is at declassified wft. And also, Eric is on Twitter, lighting things up, man. One of the funniest guys out there at etrod four two
3: four two in the Twitterverse. Check him out. Follow. Well, my me. followers have grown exponentially, as yes. we put it last week, gone from like four to <laughs> like four two. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he's, at, he's at thirty. Don't let him lie. One oh, hundred me. thirty. On your way up. Me, I'm at 30. I didn't even know. I'm like a Kardashian now.
1: <laughs> you got to get to 42. That's 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 your number. Yeah. Is 42, is there a specific reason for 42? Like he's, the stoner here is the stone dog 23. So, and I think any, everybody can probably imagine what 23 mm, yeah. is. So, but 40, 42, 42 was
3: my uh, first football number and uh, it was, it was also available so let me
0: let me guess with the number 42 that was your football number were you a let's see you were a fullback
3: that year i was a linebacker i was gonna say linebacker i was a 130 pound linebacker (laughs) that eventually got moved to defensive end and somehow and i didn't pick 42 (laughs) it was there when uh the third stringers were picking numbers it happened to be there. So it's not like I was a giant Charlie Taylor or Mick or Jackie <laughs> Robinson fan. It just happened to be that it was there. It was the best yes. one. It was like forty two like, Did you
1: even choose or was it just the the person handing out jerseys that day just tossed the It was the best available what it was
3: like forty two or thirty nine or, you know, seventy eight, you know. So I was like, well, let me let me find
1: 130 pounds. What, what year was ninth that? Grade. What, uh, what grade? Ninth grade? I first 130 time pounds in ninth grade. Yeah, my and they're playing. moving you from linebacker <laughs> to defensive end. That seems like the reverse way you should have been. Should, should well, have been it was gone. my
3: first year playing football. And I hadn't quite found out yet how terrible of a football player I was. And they were trying to move me around because I would. So the, the, the JV coach at the time had been my track coach the prior year. And he loved me. So he didn't want to lose. He didn't, you know, he kept me around, which was nice. Um, But he just couldn't find a good spot for me. So I ended up settling in. And this was uh, early 90s, and uh, we were a wishbone team. Um, but we kind of evolved a little bit. By my 10th grade year, we we started using a wide receiver. So that's what I moved to. And I ended up playing wide receiver for the rest of my uh, high school years. Uh, nice. never got any better. Nice. I wasn't very good. But, that's not uh, true. I, 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 want, I want to break some news to your audience here. Oh, breaking Eric news.
2: And I, Eric and I won a championship at flag football in an indoor league. Did we
0: not, Eric? We did we win a
3: championship. Yes. We well, yes.
0: W- what were you playing then?
3: I was uh, I was the jack of all trades guy because I was the oldest guy on the team and the fattest <laughs> guy on the team. So I was like, well, you need a center this week. I can snap. You need a kicker. I can kick. <laughs> I-, I can step in and play quarterback in a pinch. Uh, is pretty much wherever you want to put me uh, is yeah. what I would do. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, do we want to drop a team name on him? because we'll blow your mind with the team? Oh, name. Oh, it was name. the greatest. It was the greatest team name ever. I don't think you could ever beat it. Uh, you want to tell him, Ellie? Do you remember you didn't put it? Bearcat, Gator, Shark, Raptors. That was our team name.
0: <laughs> you just had to get everybody's couldn't favorite not decide, team. Yeah.
3: You couldn't decide what the coolest animal was, so we just like, well, go with all of them. Just Bearcat, <laughs> Gator, Shark, Raptors.
1: No spaces no, either, no. right? Bear, it's cat, just all gator, one. Just raptors, one word. Yep.
3: With bright orange shirts. <laughs> bright orange. <laughs>
1: nice. That's good. That's actually my, one of my flag football jerseys uh, behind me. We, we, we didn't amount to much. Uh, well, I mean, we lost in the finals, but uh, – uh, you know f- some fun times there. My, I'm on the line or playing linebacker. So those are those are my roles. Le, what position were you? We got the we got the jack of all trades on the on the Gator Shark Raptors. What, what what position did you end up playing?
2: I was quarterback for a lot of the season. I played wide receiver and I did some defensive end
3: and I did well at all of them. Right, and I did DB he too. Had a he couple dominated. pick sixes in there. He was really <laughs> he was the heart and soul of the team. Nice. He was, he was the I was the glue. I was the uh, the fan favorite, as you would call me. <laughs> I, was at, I was like, look at him. He made a catch. <laughs>
1: look, at <him. laughs> look at that guy. <laughs> <Why is he? laughs> Oldest now, man on the team. He's he didn't break himself, folks. He didn't break oh, himself. a lot to go.
3: I was a good ten years older than everybody out there too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was, already was in my forties, I think, when I when we played. That. <laughs> He's a heck of a basketball player. He's being
2: humble. He's a great athlete. He's a heck of a basketball player too yeah
1: so. stoner stoner made him uh, a name for himself uh on the hoop scene uh, especially when we're out in, in germany together he dragged me out there a couple times i've got a significant height advantage on stoner and he still gets picked way before me but that's just because <laughs> when you're talking about when we were talking about you know position players for basketball i'm six foot three i've got some serious lanky arms i'm the guy who just fouls the crap out of people when they get near the basket and i block shots and rebound that's my that's, that's role. my role i know it i kick the anytime the ball comes into me because you know you're playing pickup basketball they don't know me they just see a big guy you know playing around the uh in the paint so they'll, they'll pass me the ball and I'll just be. I'll kick it right back out to them. Like, okay. They're like, no, 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 no. Just, just drive it to the basket. No, no. Hey, it's six foot three, the world's worst layup. It's like we were but stoner. We were talking. About- Stoner's probably a better three point shooter than Bertans.
0: Oh man. Oh, I can drain him. They they used to call me uh, they used to call me JJ because uh, at that time JJ Reddick was big at Duke, and so they used to call me JJ because. But that's all I can do. Yeah. I was, you got I'm that guy who just.
3: You're the YMCA you know, game guy. You got God, that's NBA me. Games. That's yeah.
0: exactly me. I just sit out there at the line and wait for somebody to kick it to me. Yeah, and that's like, all I can do. His
1: his version of cherry picking was just standing yeah. at the three point line, waiting for the defense to finish <laughs> but, their thing, and then he'd just be like, "All right, But I you know it.
3: what? I drain them. That's it. I yeah, would drain them. You got all. your role. You, you are not a positionless player. You are that's right. A just like you guys were talking about. We, like
1: Craig Hodges. I have my uh Burg- burgundy and gold KD threes, yeah. and uh, and they still don't have much uh, scuff on them because. Again, I, I I rode the uh, the bench most. I actually, and when I played in Oklahoma, uh, uh, on the intramural team that we had there, I fouled out with less than a minute of game time play. Like again, that was my role. they were like, okay, go the go in there. Anytime they drive to the basket, just knock them down. I was like, okay, I can do that. I was actually surprised. One of them, I didn't. I could have fouled out earlier. But he didn't call the ref didn't call the foul. I mean, I like straight forearm to the back. Like I was just like, boom. Like, didn't call it on me. I looked at the ref like. He was hey, too shocked. No, all right. Like, really if that's to how it? we're gonna do it. I
3: was so shocked he couldn't even blow his whistle. So, he had no breath. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was I won't be making any uh any any basketball teams. I probably won't make any NFL teams, but we do have uh you know the 53-man roster. That uh, is is light years away, it seems for us. But we, I would, I do want us to take a little crack at it, and and we got some names on here that that really put some question on our coach. And that's the first thing I want to ask our our, our friends here, Ellie and Eric. Do you trust the team that Ron Rivera is putting together right now?
3: Go ahead, Eric. Uh, yeah, I do. I'm not a huge fan of uh, quarterback. Um, the Edition of Fitzpatrick uh, has drawn some ire on the uh, declassified podcast. Uh, I'm not totally against it. I kind of know what they're they're going for. I just um, it's more. And again, it's another Lake Seastrunk thing for me, where I'm more irritated <laughs> at like the fan base for thinking that he's going to turn into you know Tom Brady at age 38, where you know he's probably going to be the same guy he's been his entire career. But from a team-building standpoint, um, it's pretty clear that Ron Rivera wants a certain type of player. He wants a certain type of uh, attitude, and he's developing that, and he's got guys that are going to work really hard. And uh, it's not just a lunch pail team. It's a team that has some real talent at, at real spots. Um, it's just going to come down to, to you know quarterback. And, I, and I've said repeatedly on the podcast, and uh, we, we both have, that we're most likely going to see all three quarterbacks at some point next year. Um, Fitzpatrick Heineke and Allen are most likely going to all get playing time. So it just depends on who, uh, if one of them can step up and if they can get some kind of consistent quarterback play, um, I do like the chances of, of repeating his division champs and getting back into the playoffs. I do like that. And I like the roster that he's building Pass that Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to
2: take it the, uh, <laughs> the only questions I have Eric you nailed it but the thing I think you left out was the offensive line You know you let Moses walk hey, Guys hate him if you like I, I That's your business I thought he was okay I thought he was a starter in the NFL and we let one go So we're going to see uh, Cosme Real quick we call him the Cosme kid On the Declassified podcast mm-hmm. that's what he is The Cosme kid um, he's going to have to play He's going to have to play well the, the one thing that I want people to understand is that last year's free agency class played well, including Cornelius, Lucas, guys like that. I'm happy about that. But it is not statistically smart to assume that he's going to play at that level again because he never had in his career consistently prior to last year. And they're banking on the same thing, exactly what Eric said with Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, throughout his career, has been one thing it is not intelligent to assume that he's going to automatically become something else. You cannot, when you start banking on anomalies, you start banking on losing because you're mm-hmm. going to be wrong about that more often than not. That's all we want. We want people to have perspective, be the super fan, be crazy about it. We're going to do that when the season starts, we're all in. But when we're talking about projecting wins and things like that, we can't just start jumping out the window because Fitzpatrick is now in Burgundy and gold. St. Fitzpatrick that was in Miami, Buffalo, all these other stops he didn't play on like 10 different teams because he was great like let's, let's keep that in mind right perspective matters so that's the only thing i'll add to that conversation yeah
1: i i think that uh you know rivera's earned earned some trust from us so we need we do need to stick by him uh but i want to make some decisions for him today uh and cut down to the 53 man roster can you guys help help us out with that
3: absolutely speculation is my thing you know <laughs> that's
0: right this is this is the ultimate, <laughs> ultimate speculation
1: all right so qb we 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 have uh fitz heineke allen you mentioned all three of them going to see play time is montez in this is 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 he is he going to be around pr- practice squad again is he even eligible for the practice squad this guy feels like a 35 year old rookie at this point
2: the? Yeah, they so. are they still doing the covid like extra player mm-hmm. roster thing <laughs> if, yeah if i'm if not so, sure right yeah. If so, then
3: yes. Uh, if not, I'll defer to Eric. <laughs> yeah. Montez, I can, yeah, he may be a practice squad guy. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to be more than that. Maybe if he, you know, crack a third string as uh, a quarterback. Um, looking at his tape, I think they were kind of banking on like the anomaly, like the Josh Allen, cause that's the kind of like imposing physical presence he is with the rocket arm and the mobility and all these things. But you know, Josh Allen is not something that normally happens. Guys don't, Guys don't go from 50% passers to 65% passers on a regular basis. So if that's what you're banking on with Montez, then, you know, you are not going to be correct on that one. So, yeah, I won't be happy
1: with the end results.
3: Yeah, he may stick around on the practice squad, but I don't see much more unless there's like a rash of injuries at quarterback. I will say this too. Like, you know, you have Heineke and you have Fitzpatrick.
2: Why do you need Kyle Allen? Take a chance on Montez if you think he can do something athletically and just keep him as a third quarterback and try to develop him because you don't have a young quarterback on the roster. Heineke's older than Marcus Mariota, right, who's been in the league for a while. Uh, Fitzpatrick we know is older than Jesus. So he, and then we have um, Kyle Allen's been around for I mean, he, I guess he could be your quote-unquote young quarterback, but I think he's 26, 27 too. Yeah, so he's, yeah, if he's you, in that age group. Yeah, if you want to take a chance on somebody, I mean, you got two of them already that you know are going to play. Take a chance on Montez if, if you think he's going to be something. Otherwise, to get rid of him because there's no
3: point in having him here. Yeah, I just think it's about winning. Uh, the best chance to win this year because uh, Fitzpatrick has proven that he's going to get benched at some point, and Heineke has proven he's probably going to get injured at some point. So if it comes down to, like, you need a quarterback and you need to win, are you going to go with Allen or are you going to go with Montez? And Ron Rivera likes Kyle, Kyle Allen. Um, I don't know why. Kyle so, Allen doesn't win. So does yeah, I mean, Allen, but he gives you the best chance to win. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know what he sees in Allen, um, other than
1: I think it's the same thing he sees in Heineke and Fitzpatrick. They all have moxie, right? So I remember, you know, uh, Allen ran for a first down, and he like he's looking at the camera and he's like doing the point thing. They so I think that's what he likes about these guys is that uh, is they that they're spirited. They love football. You're right. None of them are good. In fact, Stoner, you you agreed that uh, Heineke is going to see play. Mm -hmm. sometime during the season what what game do you think heineke is going to come in and and, uh and start for the washington football team
0: well we always like to talk about that bye week right which is week eight or week nine somewhere around there yeah Yeah, week nine that bye week you're gonna they're gonna be four and four and fitzpatrick's gonna be doing average stuff to below average stuff like you said uh, that's who he is and he's not gonna all of a sudden become this great quarterback and that's when we're gonna see heineke which is which is a sad state of affairs because there is so much talent everywhere else except for the most important position. But Allen sticks around, like you you guys said, because he's a Ron Rivera guy, right? Or Allen, yeah, Ron Rivera loves him. The same way that Jay Gruden loved Colt McCoy. He always kept him around year after year. But when it came time for him to actually start, for whatever reason injury or performance he never wanted to do it he didn't trust him that much he just trusted him in the quarterback room on the practice field helping the starters out and i think that's all that Kyle Allen is he just he doesn't have the skill set to lead a, a really good team into the playoffs
1: Yeah, I think he showed that last season. And as far as, uh, though, I will have to disagree with you there, Stoner. I think that he does like him starting because he played him in Carolina and then immediately went to him last season when Haskins was uh, a bust. Uh, And so I think that – Well, I don't uh, think
0: he wanted to, though. It was out of necessity.
1: He certainly didn't want to go to to, – Alex you know, Smith, so but that ended up uh, helping right the ship for them. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. To see, I do think it's just they keep the three, the Fitz, the Heineke, Allen, Montez. If he can hit the uh, practice squad, we'll hit there. I think you know to to Elise's point here, um Fitz has been on that many teams for a reason. He's not he's not a world beater, but he has had some good seasons, and I think that he can have one of those good seasons here now he, he, as well as the other two have oft been injured. And I think that's where, that's where it's going to be interesting. And I really hope it doesn't turn disastrous for Washington is the fact that you're going to lose, you know, each of these to injury at some point, And we're going to have to pick up some guy off the street. Cause uh, that would be, that would really be a disaster for Washington.
2: Nathan, can I ask you a question? Absolutely. He's had a good season by what standard? Has he had a good season by Aaron Rodgers standards?
1: No, I, no, that's that's has MVP. He had a good level. Season,
2: but he's had a good season by let's say Cam Newton standards.
1: No, because Cam Newton's best season would have been MVP season as well.
2: Who by what? So like, what tier quarterback has Ryan Fitzpatrick had a good season based on a Joe Flacco? He,
0: Yes, right. This. Like a Keep tier three QB. On, <laughs> don't don't let up on this pressure. Keep it yeah, going. Yeah, because like
2: that's it. the thing. Perspective matters. Like we we do this a lot with players. We say he's had a he really hasn't had a great season in the NFL. If you go back and look, I didn't say great. I said good. Yeah, that's fair. That's service. Fair, but...
1: Like when you're looking at good, right? So you're looking at you have elite quarterbacks, which yeah. are like you have three, right? Maybe five. You can go to five. Then you have great quarterbacks. That's probably your you know from five to. 10 to 12 range and then you have your good quarterbacks which are like your middle tier and that's where i'd put fitzpatrick is he's like 15 to like 20 you know in that range and then then you have the all others which that's pe- are people struggling and that's, and that's not, not good, good. i think 15 I to 20 like i think if, if i think that he has that type of season for washington you know, that person who might be in that 15 range, maybe even gets to to 12, you know, one of the top 12, you know, statistical seasons for Washington with the defense. I think that's good enough.
3: Good I, enough I, for what <laughs> playoffs? I, yeah, that's good a enough playoff for run. Uh, the first round exit. Um, that's what we had with Kirk cousins that year. Um, we had a good enough quarterback to get, get you to the playoffs and then flame out as soon as he ran into Aaron Rodgers. Um, So I I don't know. I think we're this team at this point is past that. Um, You know, this team, I I honestly think that the window with the additions they've made this year with, if you know, healthy, the window is open now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I don't know that Fitzpatrick is the guy that, and I could be wrong. He could turn into like Rich Gannon was that one year where he just came, you know, he was 62 years old and just decided to be a great quarterback. All of a sudden he just got into the right system. So maybe, you know, Maybe uh Scott Turner's system is exactly what Ryan Fitzpatrick has needed since 2005 to become a great quarterback. So we'll see, but I just, uh, I'm not, not going to count on it.
1: Yeah. I, I'm just out of the three. I think that Fitzpatrick is Washington the best chance. And, uh, and so, and I think that he's capable of that. I, you know, and I like Taylor Heineke. I think there's the kid, you know, kid has some moxie, but I just don't see him being able to stay healthy for, you know, 16, 17 games now. So, Well, here's another
0: question that I have for these guys that you know Fitzpatrick is not your future. Your window is open now, as you said. Next year, let's assume they do wild card or first-round exit, whatever. So they're picking around in the same spot. What are you going to do next year at quarterback? How are you going to find that guy, that top-10 quarterback, in order to get you to the next level? Because you're not going to draft him at 19 you're going to have to give some guys up or, or, or what are they going to do? So, so let me,
2: let me, I, yeah, going? so here's, here's the mistake I think we made this year. And, and I'm glad you asked this question. If you were going to get a rookie quarterback, this was the year to do it right. Because now you're going into year four or year, excuse me, this is year two, but you're going into year three next year. Of Rivera's, uh situation, our window is closing—not closing, but the, the NFL windows are like three years, time basically, right? Because every single season you play with a good defense, you're in regression from the year prior. Defenses don't historically get better over time. Players get more expensive. Players get older. Your team starts to regress. So your window's open now in three years. Are you you're going to be further into that window next year? Are you going to bring a rookie quarterback into that environment next year? And right. if you don't do it next year, you're not going to let the organization's not going to draft a rookie quarterback in in uh, Ron Rivera's lame duck year in year five, assuming he has a five year deal. So this year was the only year that you realistically could have brought a rookie quarterback in and said, OK, we're going to develop him and let him start the next season. To me, that's out the window. So now it has to be a veteran. But who's going to be available You right. know, next year? I mean, every year, decent quarterbacks come available. I felt like they jumped on Ryan Fitzpatrick as soon as free agency started. And I was like, take a minute see what's out there a little bit because, you know, you don't know what's available via trade. It might be the same thing next year too. I don't know, but I feel like you have to go the veteran route, but what veterans are we going to get next year? You know? So I, I was hoping they would spend a little draft capital, get a quarterback this year, sit them down. Kellen Mond, um, you know, any of the other guys that were out there. We, we talked a lot about this Kyle Trask, even somebody that you were, you know, that had some pedigree that you were going to just see if they can develop because, It's so weird with NFL windows and how quickly they close. Um, And we're just talking about a playoff window, right? Like, let alone a Super Bowl window, which is generally one to two years, right? Because, like, look at Drew Brees. How many Super Bowls has he played in? Like, two? And I think he's won one, right? Aaron Rodgers has only won one Super Bowl. These are all-time greats. That tells you about NFL windows. They don't stay open very long. And when when that window closes on you, it's a long road to get back to that window being open again. So I felt like we should have been more aggressive addressing that position.
3: Yeah, I think next year, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to go, like Ellie said, you got to go veteran. Um, you know, they I, and they really tried to go veteran this year. They tried to get Matthew Stafford. They tried to get Jared Goff. They tried to get uh, whoever they tried to get. They didn't want to come here. And I think that depending on how, the, how, how this year shakes out, I think you're, you're more in – inclined to you're a little bit more of an attractive destination for a trade for somebody to request a trade to next year you know this year it was you got a pretty good defense and you've got Terry McLaurin um, now you've got you know a good defense you've got Terry McLaurin you've got another, another year of experience for Antonio Gibson you've got Curtis Samuel you got a young hotshot Danny Brown uh, you've got a lot more weapons you've got what hopefully will be a steadier offensive line in front of you. So I think that, it, you know, if, you know, some quarterbacks, and you're going to see a lot more of this stuff that, like, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are doing, where they're going to start wanting to pull the strings for the organization and they're going to force their way out. So somebody like that may come available. Aaron Rodgers' situation may not be resolved next year. Deshaun Watson's if, situation if he may plays not be this, resolved. Next if Rodgers
1: plays this season, he's his contract with Green Bay is up. So yeah. that is somebody we have a uh, we we have our one of our live listeners calling for Rogers that that could be a potential situation where again if Rogers plays he plays out his contract doesn't sign with Green Bay is that you know is I think Washington would be an attractive spot for him I don't know that that's where he would end up uh, and I don't know how that situation with Green Bay is going to play out either um, but that would certainly keep that window active for a little bit.
2: He's also going to be what forty next year, thirty-nine or something, 38, like that. 30,
3: thirty-eight. Yeah. yeah, another guy to look. A, another guy to look for. And I said this early in the offseason. Ellie laughed at me, so I'll give you guys the opportunity to laugh at me. Somebody's going to be available next year is Matt Ryan, who I know Ellie oh, doesn't like because he's not him. mobile. Um, I like but him. I like Matt Ryan as a quarterback. His decision making is good. Um, And he's, you know, not the most mobile guy, but he does know what to do with the football. And Ron Rivera's got a lot of experience with him and his contract. You know, they renegotiated this year. It's going to be untenable next year. They're going to have to do something with him. Um, So he could be available next year as well. Uh, And and like I said, Deshaun Watson, if you know, however that plays out, that could be an option. Um, There's a lot of options that uh, for veteran quarterbacks, I think that will be around next year. So we'll see. We'll see. And then there's always Andy Dalton.
0: Oh, oh. <laughs> now that one will laugh at you
3: about. Yeah, That, okay. that, that one we're not even. I'm
1: not even going to uh, even entertain the and idea of he's the like, red uh, rocket
3: there. He's like the fallback school of uh, quarterbacks. He's like Ryan Fitzpatrick
1: of quarterbacks, right? Exactly.
3: It's,
0: it's,
3: yeah. <laughs> if I don't get into Yale, I can always go to you know,
0: In Mexico State. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. all right Mo- moving yes, on to sorry. some
3: of those skill positions that
1: uh <laughs> that we brought up here that are a little bit better this year than last year uh let's talk about our running backs uh who do you think we who do you think washington's going to keep for running backs you got you know gibson mckissick and barber from last year lamar miller still retained by the team that's the name uh no no additions through the draft but an undrafted free agent uh, with Patterson uh, and then Jonathan Williams as well. You know who who you know how many are they keeping? Who are they sticking with this season? We'll start with Stoner. Or what's your opinion on that?
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, obviously Gibson and McKissick are, are on this team. That's those are no brainers. I think it's going to be Patterson's going to be your third down back, uh, a la Chris Thompson from a couple years ago, and then uh, the other two guys don't make it. It isn't uh, you said Peyton Barber.
1: Peyton Barber, Lamar Miller, yeah. and
0: Jonathan Williams are the other running those backs
1: guys, currently Those listed guys
0: are Jags. The they're just another guy. They're 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 solid, but they're they're not gonna bring anything for you. So I, I think it's gonna be those three. Maybe one of them hangs around in addition like a Peyton Barber. But I think it's just those three. What what do you guys think?
3: Lake Sea Strunk. Strong. <laughs> <Lake C. Yeah. laughs> him back. Lake Sea And uh what, what Roy Hallou is the other guy? We're bringing, we're bringing <laughs> Roy Hallou, Hallou. and Evan Royster. We're going, we're going 2011 all over again.
1: Hallou of what? 14 catches in
0: a game, right? I was. Uh... Yes, we sir. talked
3: about that. He was another guy, kind of ran it on last week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who was the I... guy that was weightlifting and dropped the the barbell on his eye or whatever? He was supposed to be. Out of, he was out of USC. Do you remember that guy? Yeah, Stephen he was uh, supposed...
2: Stephen Jones Stephen something. It was like he had yeah. the same name as that receiver from Buffalo. I think it was. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, I thought he, yeah.
0: Everybody thought he was going to be the next uh, running back star, but
2: oh, Steve Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah Steve, John, Steve Johnson. That. Steve yeah, 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 yeah. I think um, who's going to make the team? I think
0: uh,
2: honestly, I mean, you know, Gibson's going to be here. Um, I think Lamar Miller's probably out because I don't, I just don't know what he brings to us. Like he, right. he's not effective anymore. Jared Patterson probably squeezes his way onto the roster. McKissick, I think Barber's still here. I think you keep four, um, and then you know maybe you put a Jonathan Williams on the practice squad if he has eligibility. Uh, but I think Rivera was pretty high on Barber when they brought him in, mm-hmm. and he he coached against him in the NFC South. Rivera's a loyal guy. I, I don't think he's going to bring Barber in and then send him packing, you know, this year for no reason. Um, even though I don't think he's effective on the field. So my guess is you're going to see a similar split too in carries this year. Like you might get Gibson more involved in the passing game since he basically wasn't at all last year. But I think you're gonna see Gibson's gonna lead us in touches, but Barber's not gonna be somewhere, you know, he, barber's probably gonna get, you know, three to five touches a game, depending on situation and scenario. And then you got McKissick's gonna get a couple out of the backfield and he's gonna get a lot of receptions. The question is, what happens with Patterson? Is Patterson good? We've talked about this a lot, but um he's kind of a one dimensional runner, you know what I mean? Ah, uh, there's not a lot of uh, dynamics to his game. So, can he find a way to be effective being one-dimensional in the NFL? It's certainly possible. Is it? You know, I don't, is it going to happen? Uh, we it's don't think so. It worked for Peyton
1: Barber. Yeah, I was going to say. Point point that I think that, actually
3: comps to Peyton Barber pretty well.
1: Yeah, and uh, and I think that's where it comes down to. And I, I do agree with you, Ellie. That that Barber's the one who ends up on the the roster. So I think I think that Gibson, McKissick, one and two. I think barb I think they're only going to keep three, and then they're going to stash Patterson on the practice squad because he's a rookie and they can and this guy was undrafted and as you mentioned he's really it's his game is he's small and he's a powerful you know running back for those short yardage but they have Peyton Barber so unless Patterson shows something you know during the preseason during these OTAs you know, that he can take over that they're going to go with the the vet who they know that they can, you know, well, they can't really trust him because Peyton Barber too many times ran into the back of that line uh, on the short yardage, but that's who they're going to give it to. Right. That's who they're, that's who I think will, will be there.
3: I think that if Patterson shows he can do what Barber does, he will edge Barber out because Ron Rivera has made it pretty clear this off season that he's more interested in youth than he is in experience. He brings guys in that he wants to play now that um, he thinks they can give time to. So I think if Patterson proves himself, then I see no reason why he doesn't make the team over uh, Peyton Barber.
1: That's fair. And, and, and to Patterson's uh, you know credit here, the lone undrafted free agent that uh, Washington went after, and so maybe that speaks volumes for what they think because they, they actually traded away draft you know picks for next year to make sure that they could get guys like Cheeseman, you know, and don't uh, hate
3: on cheese. Don't get me started on Cheeseman. That's my base. That's, <laughs> that's
1: that's, well, he's, he's, he has to be our guy because there's no other long snapper on the team. So we can right. check that's his spot off. Right. There no competition. Um, but, uh, No, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think Patterson will definitely be one of these guys that we fall, you know, the the fans fall in love with during the preseason, uh, and uh, really, really want and push, and then uh, to me feel sad or they'll be upset when he gets stashed on the practice squad because they're going to be like, oh, some other team's going to pick him up, and then no other team's going to pick him up. It happens every every year. Fans fans get too attached. (laughs) <laughs> All right, move, moving on to our other ones, wide receivers. Uh, you got McLaurin, Samuel, the guys you two talked about uh, very recently and in, uh, in De'Ami Brown. You got Terry uh, Brown. You got De'Andre Carter, Gandy Golden, Harmon, Humphreys, Milne, Cam Sims, everybody's first cut, Steve Sims Jr., and Isaiah Wright.
0: Well, I got a question here because I listened to your guys' podcast from last week when you were breaking down De'Ami Brown. Right, which by the way was an excellent breakdown. I was very uh, in tune, or I was—I really listened to what you guys had to say about that. It was an excellent breakdown. But my question is, Eric, I think you said that you expected somewhere between 55 and 65 catches and about 650 yards. And Ellie, I think you agreed with him. That was about what you expected. the The only thing I wonder about that is where. How is he going to get – I think if he gets that many catches, either something has gone terribly wrong or something has gone terribly right, meaning they have the world's greatest offense if he gets that many catches or a bunch of guys got hurt. Because if you've got McLaurin and Samuel probably getting at least 180 catches between them, and you got Logan Thomas with his 70 catches, McKissick and – Uh, uh, Gibson with their catches, and those are just your starters. You're up to uh, over 300 catches already, and now you add Deami Brown, who's going to have 55 or 65. This is going to be a career year for Fitzpatrick, if we're if we're going with that. Well, the three headed
3: monster. He's the future goat, of course. He's yeah, uh, Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Brady. (laughs) That's right. I mean, so are you guys really 180 catches between McLaurin and uh, between the McLaurin and Samuel I think is a little aggressive. I can honestly, I think if the offense is working the way it should be, I think all three of those guys would be in the 50 to 70 catch range, um, a piece. So if, if everything, everything right.
0: you don't think McLaurin's going to be one of those guys going to have 105 no.
3: catches? I don't know that he's going to. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know that he is. I think the, I think that uh, Scott Turner is going to want to spread the ball around. If you've got that many weapons, there's no reason for McLaurin to have that many catches. So I mean, he, you know. Unless he's running wide open 105 times this season, which maybe he will be because, you know, the other guys are there. So I I don't know. I think, you know, and I may have been I was kind of put on the spot with that. So my math wasn't great. Um, So I kind of pulled that out of my butt, honestly. So let's say, yeah, I'd say in the 50, you know, 50 to 60 catch range and in the Mm -hmm. six to 700 yard, I think it's fair for a rookie. I mean, it would be a good rookie season. I would love to see it. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't have that much, um, but I do really like him as a player, so um, I think he's going to have 150 catches. I just can't say that in public. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me say this, too. like I, th- I think Diami's going to be
2: more... He's a deep threat, so his yardage mm-hmm. is going to come on less catches, so that's number one. Number two, I want to point this out to you. J.D. McKissick had 80 catches last year. Mm-hmm. His career high prior to that was like 34. I think that's where Diami's catches are coming from, McKissick had that many catches out of necessity, right? Because our wide receivers were absolutely terrible,
1: right? right? And the QB play was prone what? to dump it off.
2: Thank you. And so, you know, Logan Logan uh, Thomas had 75 or something like that catches. There it's those catches that are going to come back a little bit, right? Like mm-hmm. there's if McKissick has 80 catches again this year, then oh, something has gone terribly wrong, right? Yeah. Um I don't think McLaurin's a 100 ball a year. Kind of number one wide receiver. I think he's a make the most out of the opportunity he gets type of wide receiver, which is why they brought in Curtis Samuel, who's going to and and he's not a hundred catch a guy a year. You, you know what I mean? Like they're just not that type of wide receiver, um, and and you don't want them to be for durability right. reasons. Like, yeah, you know, we want these guys around for a little while, so they are going to spread the love. But I think is going to get his six hundred. Uh, 650 yards on maybe, uh, 40, you know, 38, 40 catches, 35
1: catches is what I figure for 500 plus yards is where I, where I'd put the army. Now I do take Eric. I think that you're, you're a little bit off on, on, uh,
3: well, I think when you're wrong.
1: To McLaurin, uh and uh, and the, the and the number of catches they're going to have there, because if you look at Fitzpatrick, and I know we're talking about how it's going to be a three-headed monster, and that you know Fitzpatrick's not going to start all 16 games, but he tends to favor one. And if, if we're looking at the the Turner offense, which is something that he's he's run uh, that we've seen here in Washington before, they do tend to have like one primo wide receiver and then a couple other, you know, strong targets and I think McLaurin is that receiver who's going to see Fitzpatrick's, you know, know, be that main target for Fitzpatrick and that's going to be where Turner's going to run most of his offense through so I do think that you're going to see you know, 90 to 100 catches for McLaurin, possibly even more depending on the health of Fitzpatrick. And then you're talking that just, you know, 80 to something for 80 to 90 for Samuel, which I think would be good to have for the team because that's another dynamic wide receiver. So I think that 180 for the two of them is probably in the right ballpark. I think that's probably right where they would be. Like I said, I think Diami is, we're looking for him probably for a rookie, a good year with about thirty five. Catches for 500 plus yards.
3: We got to take into account too. There's an extra game this year that we're not really thinking about. That's true. So, oh, damn oh to...
0: you got me on that. One. Oh,
3: did I take your? I took your thunder. <laughs> I no, no. I no. mean,
0: I forgot about that one. Yeah, I didn't, so I didn't factor that in. Yeah, yeah. The
3: numbers. The numbers may go up in that respect. Um, yeah. Samuel. I don't know. He's going to get that. Samuel's going to get a lot of touches, but he's going to get a lot of carries, and he's going to get a lot of jet. You know, jet sweep type stuff and pitches. Um, you know, swing passes. He's going to get a lot of that because um, he's really. Good at that. He's almost like a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, so his yeah, his catch numbers, i don't I can't really gauge what his catch numbers. Ninety seems really high for for him. I'm th- for him, I'm thinking like sixty or seventy. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know because again, the 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 extra game throws into it, the new quarterback, uh, you know throws a lot into it. You know, McLaurin isn't going to have to try to really carry that load, but he's also not going to see double coverage every play like he did last year because there are guys that can beat single coverage on the other side now. Whereas, you know, um, that's not really what he had last year. So it, it'll be an interesting wide receiver group this year.
1: It will be. It does look like we lost Le. So we'll, we we won't wait for him to come back. We're going to continue here. The. Who who do we you know think how many wide receivers is, is this team going to keep? And then which are those wide receivers? I think we're pretty locked in on McLaurin, Samuel, and and Deami Brown. Uh, that's 3. How many are they going to keep over that?
3: I'm liking uh I think I I will say 5 because that's how what a competent roster should have. I don't um but 6. No, you know what? I'm going to go with 6 because I change my mind all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh so I think Cam Sims sticks around because he's a special teamer. He's a special teamer. Uh, even if he doesn't, you know, if he's the fifth or sixth wide receiver, it's fine because he plays special teams and he's really good at it. So I do think he he has a spot on the team. Um, Adam Humphreys, they signed. Uh, so, you know, they signed him as a free agent. I don't think it's that big a deal to lose him as far as the salary cap goes, but I do think he kind of sticks around. And then there's the the X factor would be that other receiver. If they go with six, Um I'm going to go Antonio Gandy-Golden would be that only because Ron Rivera drafted him. Um, And I love Kelvin Harmon as a player, but without him being a special teamer and with him not being drafted by this staff and being hurt last year, I think he's got a a steep hill to climb to to make the roster. And he will be on a roster somewhere because he's really good. He's a very good receiver. He has a lot of potential. So I think he has a home in the NFL. This roster is going to be tough for him. Um, And I actually the guy I like who I saw a lot of potential in last year, but he hadn't put it all together was Isaiah, Wright. He just, he made some bonehead rookie plays, but he was also an undrafted rookie who had never had not really been a full-time wide receiver in college. He was kind of like uh, Gibson. Um, he was kind of that, that hybrid guy. And I liked him last year. He has a lot of explosiveness, a lot of suddenness to his game. He just, he has a lot of, so he might be a practice squad candidate. I wouldn't get rid of him. Um, but yeah, the rest of those guys, I don't know. So if, if I'm keeping six, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be Brown, it's going to be Samuel, it's going to be McLaurin, um, Humphreys, Gandy Golden, and Cam Sims for special teams. But I've been wrong with before. Yeah, right. I'm and not that, a Dax Milne believer. Um, yeah, that's yeah, practice
1: can, squad. Right we there.
3: can comp him to every little, you know, little white guy that has played wide receiver in the past 10 years, which is what Ellie and I did last week. We're just kind of like, oh, he could be our Ricky Prohl or our, you know, uh, Wes Welker or, you know, any, any of those other guys, but I just, you know, you got to see it you, you, just because you, you, you know, sign that guy doesn't mean he's going to be good or just cause you drafted him. He just looks like, and the catches he was making, if you watch his highlights like at BYU, he was just, the passes that he was catching were just dimes. I mean, they were spot on from, uh, from Zach Wilson. Like they were almost like undroppable. So I think Wilson probably did more for him than he did for Wilson.
1: That's fair. Stonery, who, who who how many are you keeping and and, and who are you keeping?
0: Yeah, I'm keep, I'm keeping six, and I think those are the exact six that I'm keeping as well. Uh Wright, Harmon, Milne. Uh those are guys looking looking from the outside in. I don't think they, they make the squad. It's a numbers game this year. You impressively upgraded that position in the offseason, free agency in the draft. So it's just going to be a numbers game there, and they're they're just not going to make the squad, unless they want to go to practice squad, which some of them probably don't have eligibility. Like uh, I, I, don't I do know wonder on Isaiah Governor Wrights Harmon.
1: actually because he 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 got a lot of playing time
3: yeah. last
0: year, and so he
1: might not have eligibility based off of his playing time. But um, I, I agree. I think there was enough there. If he if he does have practice squad eligibility, I think Isaiah Wright would be a good fit there. Steve Sims Jr. out, out of here. Harmon, you mentioned uphill battle i do want to see more from him you know but if it's between him and gandy golden gandy golden was the one that rivera picked so i think that's that's where that comes down to uh and (laughs) again steve sims jr first first person off the team uh for for a lot of a lot of fans a lot of fans think that he's i don't know why they
0: haven't released him already and let him go (laughs) sign somewhere else this it's over sorry dude
3: so all right that's pretty harsh I mean, I agree with you, but I mean, it's pretty hard. Right. It's right. Fair, fairly, fairly. fairly. signing ended. bonus should have been a bus ticket. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> All right. Tight ends. This has gotten, this went from there's nobody on the roster to now everybody's on the roster. How many tight ends are they going to keep? Or am I going to owe Stoner a dollar by the end? So I, I, I put a dollar down saying Sammy Reyes was going to be on the 53-man roster. No Is chance. that going to cost me? A, a dollar here with the stoner.
3: Yeah. Mm, yes. I think it is. I think he's practice squad. Probably. I don't think they keep four tight ends.
0: Right.
3: Um And they just drafted a guy. Uh, they've got a legit starter and they just brought in. What's the guy's name? They brought in? I don't have it. Seals Jones. Ricky Seals Jones. Yeah. He's had his issues, but he, when he's on the field, he's proven to be a pretty good tight end. So I think that's your, that's your three uh, before they brought him in. Reyes had probably had a pretty good chance to hit the roster, but I think they saw, they saw Samus Reyes and we're kind of like, yeah, we should probably go find somebody else. Yeah, which is exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, you know, he's got crazy athleticism, but he's so new to football. Um, and it's another one of those banking on anomaly things, you know, you know, you know, some guys have done it. Tony Gonzalez did it, but you know, Antonio Gates did it. That doesn't mean everybody can do it because they're a good athlete. And there's just a lot to learn in the NFL. Um, and, Without having experience and then learning how to play a position in the NFL is that's got to be tough. So best of luck to him, but I just I don't see him making the active roster now. He could be a practice squad guy, um, but we'll see. So you could see him on the roster and, this year depending on how injuries go.
0: And and I'm probably looking a little too deep into what Fitzpatrick said, but when somebody asked Fitzpatrick about Sammy Reyes and and he said that is one of the most impressive human beings I've ever seen. He didn't say that was one of the most impressive tight ends or football players I've ever said I've ever seen. He just talked about how impressive his he looks. physique, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he didn't really uh give him an endorsement by what he was doing on the field. And and like Eric said, you brought in Ricky Seals-Jones after that first mini camp and said, "Oh, okay. We do need some help here. So let's go get somebody."
3: Yeah. Uh, Seals-Jones does have a history of uh not being available to play though. So uh, we could see, we could still see some Reyes action there. Um, the guy, Reyes, I can see the impressive human being where that came from. He looks like a comic book character. <laughs> like he's yeah. crazy built. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's active roster, but um, I think we, we may see him on the practice squad.
1: Yeah. So Thomas Bates, uh, impressing in the rookie camps as far as I've uh, heard and seen. Uh, so those two seem pretty good. Hemingway is a name that Coach Rivera seems to bring up quite often. Do we? Do you have any opinions on, on Hemingway?
3: Um, old man in the sea. That's a battle I can tell you. Uh, I don't even know if that was <laughs> wrong Hemingway. Hemingway. Yeah, wrong Hemingway. Okay. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know enough about him to really comment intelligently, unfortunately. I've not seen him play. Uh, so I'll trust Ron Rivera. If Ron Rivera likes him, then I like him.
0: Yeah, that's. I like that theory. If Ron Rivera likes him, I like him. I like yep. that. I'm using that.
3: Okay, you can <laughs> steal it. I didn't, I didn't trademark it. Just give me that's, a quarter every yeah. time you say it.
1: All right. So Moving move along in the roster here. We got our offensive linemen. Some turmoil here recently because of the Moses, dropping off Moses. I don't think anybody was really mad about uh, Christian uh, leaving the team, but uh, a, lot of, a lot of people vocal about Moses, to include one of our viewers, uh, live listeners today, um, who loved Moses. You know, I personally was a, I, I was lukewarm on Moses. The S-I-L-E, You know, uh, uh, I, I believe that he you know he's a starter in the league, but he's not been picked up. Maybe he's purposely waiting to be picked up. Uh, you know, when injuries start coming there, but I, I don't think losing Moses was as big. Uh, I think that that'll be interesting to see. And, and one of the things we mentioned earlier was the anomaly seasons, and so. Uh, You know, Lucas had a pretty good season uh, last year. Uh, You know, whether or not he can put that again together this year will will be seen. But you also had Flowers, Eric Flowers, who had a great season, got paid in Miami, and now he's here on the cheap through a trade. You know, are we hoping that this connection with the team can actually help grow? I also think Flowers is a sheriff insurance for next season, too, so. We'll see how that, that situation plays out. But, Stoner, who do you got starting on our on, on the Washington line?
0: Yeah, no, we've looked at this offensive line, and I don't even think they're finished on the offensive line yet, bringing maybe another guy in or letting a guy go. I, I don't have a good feel for what Rivera wants to do because it has been a lot of surprising moves, bringing in guys, drafting guys, letting guys go. So I don't have a really good feel for it other than uh, what – Eric said earlier, if, if whatever Ron likes for that offensive line, then I like, and we'll have to trust him on that.
3: Yeah, I would go with that. I, I don't know. You have a, not to insult your viewers, but like you love Moses, like love Moses. That's like, I love vanilla ice cream. I love, <laughs> I love Buicks, you know? Yeah, like, right, right. I mean, it's I mean, <laughs> I like Moses as a player, but I mean, it's not, he doesn't move the needle enough that I'll make it. I'm outraged that they got rid of him I and mean, they, they brought right. in two guys and they already have Lucas. So he, you know, he was a solid player for them, but he's replaceable. He's not yep. the end all be all. And again, it's a youth movement here. I mean, Rivera wants to get young. So he was pushing 30, um, and he's not, you know, he's probably peaked. Um, he's probably got some good football left in him, and somebody's going to get a, a nice, good left tackle or right tackle. But I don't know that he's. You know, it's crushed to lose him. It's not, you know, like losing Trent Williams last year. That hurt. You know, that was a big loss because that guy's, you know, top three left tackle in the league. Moses is, you know, top half, top maybe top ten right tackle, but not. I mean, if he's top ten, he's number ten. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm not that big of a. I don't, I don't see it as that big of a loss. Um, yeah, they've brought yeah. in so many guys. I don't even remember. The one thing I, I did notice though is all the guards that they're bringing in all mm-hmm. appear to be left guards. Um, I mean, Sheriff is like the only like full-time right who's consistently played right guard um, throughout his career that's still on the roster. So if they are bringing in all these guards as Sheriff insurance, like bringing somebody who's actually played on that side, because it's a, you know, to the outside viewer, it may not seem like a lot, but switching from the left side to the right side is a big deal because you've got muscle memory that is really hard to retrain when you spent your entire career doing one thing and you got to switch to do the same thing to the opposite side. It's like, well, you got to start writing with your left hand today. Go. You know, it's tough. And um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I think I like Flowers as a left guard. Um, but, w- w- you know, we'll see what they do. Uh, may, you know, Sheriff may end up getting traded before the season starts. Who knows?
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's a strong possibility. I think something's going to happen at, uh, before training camp with Sheriff. Either they're going to sign him long term or they're going to trade him. And I, I have a feeling they're probably going to trade him uh, because of all these guys that they brought in.
1: I think that'd be very surprising given the, 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 the tag that he's on is uh, is pretty hefty. And so I think that he's just going to wait it out. Uh, Sheriff will just play One it out and wait wait for free agency and mm-hmm. then sign with the team that he wants. Because I really don't see a team that's going to be willing to give up. You know, and Sheriff is a top 10 guard, possibly top 5, and he ends up on the All-Pro uh, quite often. The All-Pro list quite often but I don't see anybody giving up draft picks when they know that they can probably just win out in free agency. So, Especially
3: at $18 million. Yeah. Mm, that yeah, is a hefty that's price. For a guard.
1: For a guard. Yeah. You're paying tackle money for a guard. Now, again, top five in his position, you know, according to uh, the people who pick all pros. But that's just, that's a little pricey. Yeah. I, I, we'll see how it, uh, it plays out. Does Cosme, do you think Cosme ends up starting at right tackle?
3: So I said earlier on, I don't know that he's a day one starter, um, but that was before they got rid of Moses. Mm. Um, if he's not ready, Lucas can slide over because Lucas has historically been a swing tackle, and he's actually spent most of his career as a right tackle. Um, so I think he, you know, he's a he's a nice alternative if Cosme isn't ready. But I think the plan is probably for Cosme to start.
1: that would be interesting. So Cosme, Flowers, Leno, Leonard, Martin, Sheriff, Schweitzer. We got uh, Rulier and Ishmael for centers. Charles is a name that we haven't mentioned here. Mm-hmm. Uh, do are, are they going to continue grooming him? Sadiq Charles is somebody who a lot of fans think is a as, as of a tackle, but then you, you get John Kime and a couple others who who push him more in the guard range. Where where do you where do you think he ends up?
3: Yeah, so his only start last year came at left guard. He lasted like a play, but. Um... Yeah, I mean it's another tackle. He, I, I see, I see them making him a guard, but he can play tackle in a pinch. Um, but I think his his future is probably a guard, and he may end up being your sheriff insurance and he doesn't really have a lot of uh, time spent on either side. And he played, you know, he played right side on the tackle, right tackle a lot in college before sliding over to the left. So he's got some some more fresh muscle memory for playing on the right side, even if it was at tackle. Um, so he could be the guy that re- ends up replacing sheriff, but yeah, I definitely, you know, I don't think they're giving up on him after one year, but he's gotta, he's gotta stay healthy.
1: Sounds good. Let's move to the defensive side of the ball with our, with the stout defensive line that the Washington football team has an embarrassment of riches, uh, first round picks across the board. Uh, I don't, I don't think there's any question that, uh, young Payne Allen and, in um, sweat, sweat are, yeah. are the starting four on the line? Who else is in the mix? There, we got Matt Ioannidis back. That's mm-hmm. uh, I, I personally am very excited to see him uh, back in the in in playing status. I think that that he really helps out the defense. Um, but what about some of these other guys we have here in uh,
0: Burgundy and Gold? Well, let's not forget about Tim Settle. For sure, he's a rotate uh, high rotation guy. Uh, I like James Smith Williams a lot. He he showed a lot last year. As a, I think he was a seventh rounder last mm-hmm. year, he was pretty good. But I, before we get into that, I do have a question about the OTAs and the and the defensive line. And we all know that there was only four guys missing, right? And two of them were Sweat and Young Montez and Chase. And everybody seems to be giving them a pass. Of them not being there. And I don't understand why we're giving them a pass. First of all, why weren't they there? I know they don't have to be. But why weren't they there? And why are we giving them a pass on this? Nobody else got a pass. Uh, Or, you know, everyone else was there. So they didn't have to. They can't say, well, we're working out on our own. We're we're doing our own thing. We're getting ready. Don't worry about us. I'm a little bit concerned about that. Why are we giving them a pass?
3: Well... I think that we'll give them a pass until they don't show up this year. If they're not very good to start the year or they're injured early on in the year, they get injured in camp because they're not in shape. Then we start, we can start asking questions. Um, personally, none of them have done anything to make me think that they're not going to be ready uh, based sure. on how they came in last year. You know, the other two guys that were out Leno, I think just had a kid, Right. Uh, yeah. which, okay, fine. You had a kid. Whatever. Right. right. You have more, probably. You may have other ones, but whatever. You want to – no, it's fine. To be you have a kid, you can stay home. That's free pass. Steven Sims, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, he – you know, if he's trying to make the team, he should really be there. Uh, Young <laughs> yeah, that, and Sweat. That seems any. like a They're poor really, poor,
1: yeah. poor, decision right there. Yeah, I don't
3: know. You know, he's got to probably do everything he can to be there, but we don't – I don't know what, what he had going on. I don't know what – I think Young was hosting some show on the NFL Network this week. That might have been part of it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. He's got like other it. up, you know. Hey, he's uh, if he comes out and he stinks up the joint this year, we can come back and point to it. But based on the way he played last year, um, and his overall work ethic, and the same with Sweat. I mean, those guys are just dominant when they're in the game. If they're anything less this year, we can question that. But outside of that, I, you know, I'm not a big, you know, proponent of. Guys, you know, I I, I, don't, I don't read a lot into stuff like that at this time of year. There doesn't seem to be any kind of animosity. The coaches didn't seem to be too upset about it. Um, there was no, like, kind of veiled language when they were talking. It was just like, yeah, they're not here. I uh, know where they're at. We'll see them next week or we'll see when they get here whenever. So we'll see. Uh, I don't know. I'm not reading into it. I'm not raising alarm bells just yet. But, you know, if they don't show up for, you know, mandatory camp in a couple of weeks or if they don't show up for training camp, eh, then there's a problem. But well, we shall see.
0: Who do you like also – uh, of the rookies, uh, the two seventh rounders that they picked up, the uh, defensive ends, uh, me shock a Tony, Bradley King, Bradley yeah. King.
3: William Bradley, Bradley King, King's? William Bradley King is, it, he seems like, a he's got a, a Ryan Anderson vibe to me. Mm. Um, whereas he's not overly athletic, but he gets to the quarterback and he makes, he, he makes plays based on effort. Um, he, you know, I get, uh, I get, a, I think he's a little bit of a better athlete than, than what Ryan Anderson was. So there, there could be something there. Shaka Tony's interesting. Cause he's kind of undersized for an edge rusher. He's only like two forty. Um, mm. I don't know how that, tra- how that translates to the, to the NFL game. Um, I don't know how many really good edge rushers are that size. And I, I kind of thought maybe he, a uh, move to like Sam linebacker or will linebacker might be in the cards for him as a backup. If you know, edge, the edge rusher thing doesn't go out. It's one of those things that if like the coaches, see the potential. Like he's one of those, we got to get our best athletes on the field and he's one of the best athletes. They'll find a way to get him out there. Um, be it at, at edge rusher or, you know, wherever else. So um, I think uh, I would honestly give Tony the edge over Bradley King, because I think you've got um, Smith Williams gives you what Bradley King would give you. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Shaka Tony's probably something a little different, probably got a little bit more speed coming off the edge. Uh, you know, as a young as a young player so we'll see uh one of them ends up on the roster one of them ends up on the practice squad i don't know which is which just yet it's interesting though when you watch the uh, sam cosme highlights in college one of the uh, gaffes on him is him giving up a sack to bradley king i thought that was pretty cool (laughs) right he's getting beat by bradley king and now they're on the same team yeah that's probably why
1: washington picked him up because they were watching a lot of cosme film and they're like whoa okay he got beat let's let's see this I think Bradley King can make the roster uh, on the line, but I think Tony needs to make the the roster as a linebacker. I think that's going to be the big thing, and see how he can make that transition. You mentioned his size; he's not as big, um, but he is fast. He, he definitely has a lot of athleticism to him, as most of the draft class this year did. Um, so you saw that in Rivera's in the in the Marty plan was like, "Hey, let's get somebody who's who's." physically gifted and tony is is there bradley king has some pretty respectable stats too it'll be interesting bradley king if he doesn't make it is an easy stash for the practice squad um, and tony like I said i think needs to make it as a linebacker i think that's where you'll see you'll see his uh was there and since we're talking about those linebackers let's move on to them uh any surprises from from these cuts this is probably the weakest not probably is the weakest, you know, group of this defense. Um, but Jamin and Davis, big addition, uh, first round pick uh, number nineteen for Washington. Holcomb, you know Hudson, Bostic, all in the mix here. Uh, who 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 do you think sticking around Stoner uh, at the end of the day for this fifty-three man roster?
0: All those guys you just mentioned, and maybe even the. Um... There's was the other linebacker. I can't even remember his name. Just a backup guy. Uh, Mayo, but, Phillips, Norris, one of those guys. Yeah, one of those guys. Um, but there's a 1 billion percent chance that they're bringing in another linebacker at some point. Uh, after the June 1st cuts, somebody becomes available. They're bringing in another linebacker. There's no way you can go into the regular season with this linebacking crew.
1: No, yeah, no one wants Bostic as a starter.
3: Interesting.
0: Yeah, one billion.
3: See, don't, yeah,
0: you heard it here first.
3: We were talking to Robert Henson a few weeks ago, and he he mm-hmm. kind of broke it down for us because I was you know I questioned what because a lot of the the coaches love Bostic and the fans hate Bostic, and he basically said that Bostic does everything you need him to do. You can rely on him. He's going to be in the right place. He just doesn't make splash plays. Mm-hmm. Um. So he's not uh, he's not going to be an interception fumble return for a touchdown guy. He's not going to be that guy, but he's going to get the defense set and he's going to get everybody in the right spot. And he's going to make the tackle when he needs to make the tackle. He's going to go to the right spot. He's going to make sure everybody else goes to the right spot. There's definitely a spot for him on the team. Now, I think he I think he starts out the year at middle linebacker. Uh, Davis at the Sam linebacker, which I like because that allows uh, Cole Holcomb to go to weak side and not have to deal with tight ends, which I think will help him immensely because his pass coverage skills have struggled. Um, But I think eventually, if everything works out, that Davis will supplant Bostick as the middle linebacker, um, which again... I don't know who goes to strong side at that point, so that could be you're bringing another yeah, that's, guy. Yeah, that's the
0: guy they bring in, right?
3: You know, Bostic is a, is his natural position is really a will. Holcomb's natural position is a will. Davis, um, by all accounts, can play wherever you put him. So we'll have to see. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't know that there's a there's a legit Sam on the team that can handle the tight ends outside of Davis. And if it comes to that, and if they don't bring another guy in, maybe Davis stays there all season
1: i think it will be interesting i i do hate on bosta quite a bit i i don't disagree that he that he gets to where he needs to go Uh, i just think that he's there a step late is the the thing and i don't think as he gets older that that's going to change uh so hopefully he uh he can be a little bit more cerebral and be there before he needs to be there um so we'll see how that that pans out. I do think that he, that he starts for the team. I just don't think they have many other options is the problem. And that's why you know, we're talking about possibly bringing somebody in based off the cuts. But if we're picking up the scrap heaps of somebody else's team, I don't think that that's really too much of an improvement over what they have right now. So uh, we'll see. I mean, there are some bottom-rung guys here uh, that make that a little bit uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So let's go to our DBs. We can split this up between the defensive backs and the safeties, um, but I think there's going to be a lot of moving back and forth here between some. And uh, I don't have the complete list written out in front of me, but uh, you got, you know, guys who like Greg uh, Strowman and Jimmy Moreland, who you know fans seem to to like. The, you know, he's the people's corner, Jimmy Moreland. Uh, We got new additions, Bobby McCain, who you're obviously going to see more in the safety role. Uh, Danny Johnson was a name they brought on. And then you got starters, Kendall Fuller, William Jackson, the third starting out on, on the outside. Uh, where do we fill in the rest of these places that for the team uh, we'll list off some of the safeties as well that the straight safeties people that I hope are cut uh, Troy Apke will uh, hope that he doesn't make the team but then you got a- interesting people in, in uh, Derek Forrest Everett again a lot of people like to put him on their on the on the team cam curl excellent pickup for Washington last season Landon Collins coming back. Hopefully healthy. You know, he did have a, a serious injury. A lot of people want to put him at linebacker, which he scoffs and laughs at. So where where are we, where are we sticking this roster? Because we even have young talents like the uh, the new kid, uh, Juiced, who just picked off a pass, you know, essentially ripped a ball away from your number one receiver, McLaurin.
3: Yeah, I like um Ellie and I have had some back and forth on this about the, where, where the corners stack up, but I, what I what I see is a a shift in philosophy at the corner position, uh, and you see it with bringing in Jackson and with Saint Juiced is uh, Del Rio, uh, Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator. In previous stops, has always had tall, lanky, long corners that play press man coverage, which is exactly what Bradley King or Bradley King, uh, what uh, William Jackson and um, uh, Saint Juiced are. They're you know, very you know six two, six three crazy wingspan really agile corners i think that we're going to see that and those two guys the plan the hope is for those two to be the starters on the outside i think jackson's pretty much a given he's going to start if st juice can 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 show enough i think he's the starting outside corner on the other side opposite um of jackson um kendall fuller's best work in his career has been as a slot corner and i think it's a natural just move him over there let him play that slot role he does it really well he's a he was. I think he was good in Rivera's cover three scheme last year because he's really great with his eyes and he can really make good. Re- he's really good at reacting to what he sees. He can read, so um, he was good in that scheme. But I think if they're going to go more press can uh, press coverage, that doesn't really fit him. So I see him playing that slot role. He's and he's an ideal for that. So you've got three really good. If St. Juiced works out. You've got the makings of a really good uh, top three corners. Um, Danny Johnson, I like as a special teams player. So I think there's a role for him. He's done some kick returns. He's a good gunner. Um, Jimmy Moreland probably may or may not have a spot. I, I'm not as high on him as some people are. I think he's he's been fun to watch, but he's replaceable. I think you can, you can beat him in with Fuller sliding over to the slot. I think that's going to be it. Stroman is a uh, special teams guy, uh, another one. But uh, is there a role for him with all these other guys now? We'll see. He wasn't brought in by this coaching staff. Apke, I mean, he's getting his last shot at corner right now. Um, I, and I don't think he brings, other than he's fast, so he's got that. But, if, you know, he can bring that to special teams, but I don't think he beats out a for Everett based on special teams play. That'd be the only thing that keeps him on the team at this point is if mm-hmm. he's a good enough special teamer. And I think there's guys that can replace him safety we'll see landon collins doesn't want to play linebacker so my suggestion is be like yeah you're totally a safety but go down here and play three yards off the ball and cover that tight end
0: <laughs> right right that's exactly yeah exactly
3: you're,
0: right. a, you're a safety you're but get up on the line yeah get up exactly. on the line play Quite safety line. up there which we is where he's
1: comfortable anyways right because yeah. he's he is oh, a strong safety this is this is guy who's who's a better box safety than than he is uh and coverage. And so I wouldn't necessarily put him up there on the line to cover tight ends. Uh, I would put him on the line to go ahead and, you know, bump that tight end yeah. and then throw him over to like Jimmy Moreland or uh, Kendall Fuller, as you mentioned, like getting in coverage because uh, Landon Collins in coverage does scare me a little bit. I think that he, you know, over the years, his coverage skills haven't improved and uh, the way that you'd want to see it, but he's a great box safety, but that puts him at odds with cam curl, who is also somebody who's, whose strong point is, you know, playing in the box. Now cam curl, I think showed us a lot more when it came to coverage skills, but that mm-hmm. was also, this, this is a young guy drafted in the seventh round and we've been burnt, you know, trusting seventh rounders for more than a season or two at a time. So uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how cam curl goes and I think that like mentioned Everett DeShazer Everett is going to make the team just based off of his special
3: team's play and uh, he can play safety like, like okay. Everett has mm-hmm. stepped up to play safety every time and done fine so I don't think you lose you don't lose much with him playing that that third safety um, yeah Bobby McCain uh, he's your free safety I think he's like I think he's the only real true free safety mm-hmm. on the team because Apke sure ain't um, and yeah, and the kid that they drafted out of Cincinnati, um, Derek Forrest. Derek Forrest, he's another like Cam Curl type player. So mm-hmm. I don't know where he fits, but I mean, that's Jack Del Rio's spot. That's where and he they, fits. They drafted him. That's, yeah, that pick, that, yeah, that's high for a fourth round pick is, you kind of want him on the back of your one. rosters. Yeah. But, yeah, but we'll see. Um, you know, it's Jack Del Rio's problem, not mine. So I think he makes
0: <laughs> it. <laughs> don't tag just a fan. Don't yeah. count out Jeremy Reeves. Uh, I do I, like, I like Jeremy. That's true. Jeremy Reeves is a name we haven't mentioned. Yeah, I like him, and I and I think he's got a place.
3: And he's uh, a free safety, too. He's actually a yeah, guy who played that center same. field role.
0: So don't count him out on the roster. But you know, you're going to have a numbers crunch, all these guys. I think if we counted up all the guys we got on the roster, we probably got like 65 guys on the yeah. roster. Yeah, I don't, think, don't, think, we just, yeah, I don't yeah. think we hit 53, it's, 53 it's, today. Yeah, I don't
1: think
0: we hit 53 today. That's right, COVID rules. So. But
1: it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. We appreciate uh, Eric coming on with us. We are going to hit the post game where Eric is going to get to enjoy a rant from uh, our very own stoner on the our Washington Capitals. Uh, and maybe we'll see L.E. back. I'm not sure uh, if he's pinged one of you guys, but we'll see here and the post game. <laughs> Welcome to the post game Stoner. You are not happy with our Washington Capitals. So I'm just going to I'm just going to step back, going to, you know, relax in the chair a little bit and let's see what you what you have because you promised us a rant. And, and yeah. Eric uh, I know you've listened to a couple of our shows at least uh, before you know coming on here, uh, so now you get to see it in person. See what popcorn's what ready. Really Let's does. do it.
0: Well, I'm not going to go on too long because it's been a week now, and I've been able to kind of get some sleep and kind of process a little bit. But man, when they lost Game Five and got humiliated in those last couple of games, I was ticked off. But then you kind of do the post-mortem and you look at everything that, that happened towards the end of the year. Man, they had a lot of injuries, right? We, Eller was hurt. Uh, uh, Oshie was hurt. Ovi was hurt. Carlson was hurt. All these guys were hurting. But what really ticked me off was the position that Kuznetsov and Samsonov put this entire organization in by whatever went down kuznetsov said he got uh covid for the second time and he's vaccinated i have a hard time believing all of that but that could be true we're not covid experts here we're not doctors but man they put them they put this team in such a bad position at the end of the year i'm ready to let kuzi go samsonov i'm not ready to let him go he's a he's the goaltender of the future but we're.
1: What we about are, uh, Tom Wilson? We got friend of uh, the show watching live right now. John mm-hmm. Archaket says, "Cut Tom Wilson."
0: It's just no. he's just a Tom Wilson hater. Go away. Get, yeah, tell John Archiket, <laughs> whoever that is. No, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, we'll cut you, John. Yeah, John. cut you from the whatever you're uh, in right Tom now. Tom
0: Wilson is, is fantastic. Yeah, he can be a little on the edge, but he didn't get suspended for that last one. Why? Because NHL doesn't care about fighting. You can do pretty much anything when you're fighting. Just don't do any head hunting uh, during the course of the game, but you know Tom Wilson's a keeper. But what they're what they're dealing with now is off of the Stanley Cup in eighteen, and that then you had to start signing guys, and you've got all these big contracts, and that's going to hamper them from being able to sign a bunch of other guys. That's going to make this roster better. You're going to sign Ovi in the off season. I don't know how much you're going to sign him but he's going to get a a big chunk and you've got Backstrom with a big chunk Boshi with a big chunk Kuznetsov and uh, Carlson all these guys get paid a lot of money even Orloff and so this is just where we're going to be for the next couple years we haven't won a playoff series since the Stanley Cup three straight exits in the first round and although it it Really bothered me what happened at the end of the year. I do kind of look back on it and I say, okay, look, we won the cup in 18. And this is pretty much what happens after you win the cup. They had too many big contracts that they're not going to be able to stay. uh, They're not going to be to stay at the top of the game throughout uh, the rest of the time. So we're just going to have to live with it. At some point, they're going to have to just dump everything and start all over. Uh, But I have calmed down. Since the – so, you No, know, that's a pretty mild yeah, I, yeah.
1: I, I apologize for the listeners to and Eric. I was, oh, I I was in here for
3: a, a, rant. More of a yeah. rant, yeah. I was yeah. really no, expecting – You're
1: apologizing stuff. for them at this point. Yeah, know. Broadcast
3: news yeah. type stuff, yeah.
0: That's yeah, exactly <laughs> right. So, yeah, I, I do – because of the injuries and guys were playing out of position. Oshie was playing center because Lars Eller couldn't go. Backstrom was hurt. Oshie was hurt. All these guys were saying, we wouldn't have played if this was the regular season – but it's the playoffs and if you're not at 100% you're going to get beat by a good team like Boston yes. that's just well, well
1: here's the happens. thing with the, the names that you mentioned here this is an yeah. aging team oh, and so absolutely. and and that's the problem Yeah, and that's a big problem for Washington Capitals cuz you know you mentioned you're going to sign people like uh, Ovi
3: mm-hmm. who
1: absolutely, you know, he's a hall of famer. He's, you know, you know, we've talked about Backstrom being, being, uh, you know, a hall of fame player, uh, by the time his, his, uh, career is over. I think TJ, uh, Oshie is not a hall of famer, but he's a darn good player, but all these, these players here are on the back end of their careers and they're going to be injured. You're well, gonna me, see this again. This this by the th- end of next season, a full season. I think season. the uh,
3: expansion draft is gonna be the Capitals' like saving grace this year. I think they're gonna they're gonna be able to lose one of their one of their core guys and not you get the blame from the fan base because they can't protect everybody. So somebody like yeah. an Oshie or uh, Kuznetsov or somebody like that could end up, you know, a Kraken, which is an awesome name by the yeah, way. That's um, right. That's awesome.
0: It is a strong name. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna allow Oshie to be exposed. He's, you don't think so? No, Kuznetsov, they will. And if they let him go, fine, whatever. He's He hasn't lived up to what he's supposed to be. Uh, but yeah, this is an aging team. Ovi can have whatever contract he wants. Whatever he asked for, you're going to give it to him, right? You can't let him go onto another team for the last three or four years of his career. You just can't do that. But knowing but can't that. Can't you, though? I mean, you really no, you could. Can't. No, 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 no. You cannot. You absolutely cannot it let him go. It would be
3: sickening.
1: It would, it would hurt.
3: It would it hurt. It would hurt. You
1: know, for the fan base. See him
3: get a shot at Gretzky's record. At yeah, learn, you know, like somebody, a Canucks jersey or something. Oh, Come on. You know. You
0: can't do it. Now, what that's going to do is it's going to cause you to not be able to sign other guys because he's going to get such a big contract. That's just the way it's going to be. You have to protect the legacy of Ovi and the Capitals organization, and that might cost you a couple of years of rebuild, and it's going to cost you. Uh, a couple more first-round or maybe second-round exits. But you absolutely, whatever he asks for, whatever he wants, and he's got to know also, look, if you're going to break the bank, then we're not going to be able to sign other guys. But if you take a little bit less, then maybe we'll be able to sign and give you help. But no, you absolutely give him whatever he asks for, and he stays here until the end, until he breaks the record. Then he can go to Russia, and he can collect all of his a uh, no. uh, big money when he, john when continues he's to stores. chirp
1: on our on our live chat so here he, he said the vegas knights will will take him uh and, but, yeah
0: of course they will. <laughs> in we'll all seriousness
1: you. though he did ask well, and, you him. know john, john had a good question for us so who do the capitals protect in the expansion draft so you mentioned a couple you know this is an area where they could you know let oshi go and uh and risk yeah, him so that way they don't they don't get
0: you know how many can they protect? By the fans. I don't actually know the protect, rule on this. They can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie, or they can protect eight skaters and a goalie. Like you can do all forwards if you want, but then you only get eight. So essentially, you're going to do seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie. They're protecting Samsonov, so get right. that. You know that's the only guy they're going to. Ovechkin,
3: Backstrom, Carlson, they'll protect them. Probably Wilson
0: much to John's Chagrin. Uh Oshie, Oshie. I think Oshi.
3: Interesting what is Orloff? do you protect Orloff or do you let him get exposed cuz you risk losing him cuz he's been pretty good but he's yeah. not probably ex- he may be expendable and he's a little pricey too. So, interesting.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting who they they do protect and that's coming up pretty quick. That's coming in early July. Yeah. And uh and also they have to take one off of every team except for Vegas, I believe, because Vegas is so new. They don't have to expose guys. Yeah, they've already but, been in
3: the finals. so
0: <laughs> <laughs> Right, and pro- maybe again this year. Yeah. Uh, but you you have to lose a guy. So somebody is going to get plucked off the roster, whoever uh, of those who are going to get exposed. And it's only one, but it is one. It's not like, oh, good, they didn't take any of our guys. They took two from another team. No, they're going to lose somebody, and there's going to be a little bit of an uproar.
3: So but, maybe your punishment uh, for Kuznets Nets office to leave him exposed and see if yeah, they exactly. if they take him if they take Good. him they take him and if they don't maybe it's a message to him get your act together
0: and and they can take that salary with him too I mean he's got a huge salary <laughs> but uh, Ovechkin's not going to be um, he's not going to be protected because he's a free agent okay mm-hmm. so they don't have to put him on the list so let's just say for example the Kraken say okay Ovechkin is not protected we're taking him well he's a free agent. He can then turn around and sign a contract back with the Capitals, and they lose him. So yeah. that's why he hasn't signed a contract yet, by the way, because they're just waiting for after gonna the draft. They're going to for that, so that way they they can essentially
1: keep enough, you know, protect another player. And not exactly.
0: Have to- so he's not actually on that list, but uh, there's no way they're losing him if they lose him. Oh, oh, oh. for any reason, free agency. It'll sting, yeah, yeah, it'll sting, and.
1: No way! I want to see him school, uh, break. Billy. Well, maybe, maybe then we can get the rant that was promised to
3: oh, Eric
1: and our and our listeners.
0: There are certain yeah. guys that that it'll you be akin absolutely... to like seeing
3: Art Monk in a Jets jersey.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that, the worst. That was yeah stuff like that. That can't happen.
3: You can't Michael let that Jordan happen. Jordan as a wizard. Nobody wants <laughs> to see that.
0: No, not even Wizards fans.
3: Yep, that awful uh, teal jersey.
1: Well, it's a good thing you know your your hockey, Stoner. At least, at least you're able to uh, to talk your way through the non rant that uh, that was promised. But yeah, uh,
3: sorry,
0: I chilled out on a little no, bit. No,
1: we'll we'll have to catch you next time, a little bit closer to it. Uh, we probably won't need a rant for our Washington Wizards, uh, who will likely be swept out of the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but hey, then we might have some quick rejoicing. Is there a Black Monday for for? For basketball, I don't
0: think there is because well, Scott if they, Brooks if they
3: retain Brooks, then you'll get your rent.
0: Oh, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> oh, man. this is correct, yeah. and that can that can simmer for like three or four weeks. I'll still have the vitriol and vial for him um, weeks later if they retain him for sure. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it
1: up for us, Eric. Thank you for joining us. So you come, you hail from the the WFT Declassified podcast uh, because your buddy had to drop out here. He's just a Skype box visually uh, for for our our people out here on YouTube. Uh, go ahead and let us know. You know where we can listen to Declassified and what you guys are about.
3: Yeah, so the Washington Football Team Declassified WFT uh, is available on all of your major podcast networks, Apple, I, uh, Amazon, uh, all of your, uh, all of them. Um, you can also say Alexa play WFT Declassified, and apparently that works. I fear the government, so I don't have an Alexa. Um <laughs> right. but yeah, I'm told that works as well. You can catch us on Twitter at Declassify WFT at declassified wft you can also get me on twitter etrod42 um i provide nothing of uh value i am the john Oates of the podcast Ellie does all the work he's the talent um but yeah you can uh, give me a follow if you want to get me up to 31 subscribers that'd be awesome um but yeah we're here and uh we enjoy being here uh, Ellie had some technical difficulties at home he was texting me so uh he is sorry that he can't make it uh to the end of the show but uh, we appreciate you guys having us on
0: yeah, yeah, and we appreciate have you guys coming on. This was pretty awesome. I, I like I like the camaraderie of all the different uh Washington football team podcasts in the area. There's there's kind of like a brotherhood even though we all don't know each other. It's not cutthroat, so it's it's nice. And thanks uh thanks a ton to both you and Ellie for coming
3: on. And we know each other now. So. Yeah, we do. We do. Brotherhood we'll is have to
0: catch catch some of the
1: games uh uh, actual football games together and uh, and do some more stuff here. So again, thank you for our WFT declassified friends, Eric and Ellie, for coming out. This has been Ref the District. You can catch us on Twitter at Ref the District. We stream on YouTube every weekend, Sundays at 10 a.m. We're also on your favorite podcast networks. That's go- uh, We're not yet on Google, actually, but we are on Amazon. You can go ahead and ask Alexa to play the podcast Ref the District. You can catch us on Apple iTunes. Go ahead and Leave us a comment and rate us. That does help uh, people recognize that the podcast is out there. And you can also listen to us on Spotify. I'm Nathan Perry. He's the stoner. Thank you, Eric, for joining us. You guys have a great night.